0: Jack, um, Irish, what's happened to you? I turned off
1: my mic. Oh.
2: Well, that was a stupid decision
3: to make in a podcast, wasn't it? Yeah. How are you supposed to podcast without... Because ah, if you turn off your mic, you can get away with saying all sorts of things about your co-hosts. Wait, really? Hang on, let me try that.
2: Well, I turn off my mic man, and i become really- less robotic. <laughs> oh, man, they're the detestable. Oh, you know
4: what? Uh, Irish was coming up the stairs.
2: I'm going to mute the microphone. Ah!
4: Then... Uh, ah! Uh, oh,
2: no. What the, Ooh, what the fuck flat. is happening now? <laughs> okay, just just test this? I'm going to mute the microphone and say terrible things about one of my co-hosts. Okay. Man, that Rob's... See,
0: what dick- Jack's trying to <laughs> do is do the
3: joke that got talked over before.
2: Yeah. I keep getting talked over. It happens. It does. I was going to do a funny joke that involves Rob being a dickhead. I laughed. Good man. to World 1 Stage
0: 1. <laughs> the paradigm has
3: shifted and I'm uncomfortable.
4: Oh my, I'm scared.
3: Don't start what you can't finish, Jack. Introduce
2: me. <laughs> 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 Don't start what you can't finish. Uh, yes, it's a podcast that we're on and uh, I am Jack. And joining me as ever is Simon. Hello. And Irish. hello, And Roberto. You know you're a real piece of work. <laughs> I I am. <laughs> and joining us as sometimes is Jenna.
0: Woo! Hi.
2: Yep.
5: I'm
2: and very uh, today on the podcast we are going to talk to you. Know what? Fuck it. I'm bailing out of this. Simon, take over. <laughs> You're right, John Freeman. You weakling. <laughs> I couldn't handle the fucking pressure, man. <laughs> like it, like not because I'm sure. Like if you gave it some, like it would be totally fine. But that was that was strange for me. I know that was. R- you know what? The amount of times I've heard in my life, if you'd really given it some, it would have been
3: fine. But that was just. <laughs> <laughs> that was a dangerous time to be taking a sip of cola. Mm mm mm. I guess if I'd given it some, it would have been fine. Um, (laughs) So tonight we are gathered to talk about something that we've peripherally talked about in the past, but never really done a show about, and that is the mysterious drawings from Japan that flicker past and create the illusion of movement—anime, but not very much movement. I mean, not very much, especially if it's Ghost in the Shell. Um,
2: Yeah, like the best—the best way I've ever heard to describe sort of a difference between. Like, as a you know, generally speaking, the difference between Western animation and Eastern animation is you go anime, low frame rate, high detail mm. versus high frame rate, low detail. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's and bad. And I should specify when Ghost in the Shell is moving; it's awesome. The action sequences are great. Oh shit, yeah. But man, what a convenient conceit their world has that these people talk to each other by direct brain-to-brain communication, <laughs> so they don't have to animate lips. <laughs> yeah.
2: So many fucking, oh, what is it? There's a, there's a basketball anime that specifically, like, so many people have conversations whilst holding basketballs in front of their mouths. Slam dunk. That's the one. So they're, like, they're lining up the shot, and he's talking to the other guy, but just, you see his eyes looking all serious, and then just the curve of the basketball covering his mouth.
3: <laughs> and it's the classic conceit of anime, isn't it? The, uh, the contemplative character with his hands folded in front of his mouth. Yeah. The Gendo, in fact. The Gendo pose, yes. And that will segue us in a week's time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a fucking long
3: range segue, is what that <laughs> is. is. That's an <laughs> that intercontinental segue. Remember that one. We'll come back to it. Yeah, that
5: way
2: we don't have to do two.
0: So, <laughs> um, anime. What's that shit
2: then? Huh? Animal. Now, some of you might be sitting at home thinking, Psh, "Anime, God, that's that's like that that porn cartoon from China with the Pokemons, isn't it?" Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, is, sometimes <laughs> actually, yeah, 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 it is. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quick question, actually, <laughs> like just just testing the airwaves here, like. What celebrity do you think has jacked
3: it to hentai? Keanu Reeves. That is a seriously (laughs) weird. (laughs) Keanu Reeves (laughs) is a definite. Keanu Reeves. You reckon Keanu Reeves? Yeah, but Irish one, so I can't pick one. I reckon Michael Cera. Yeah, I can believe that. I think that's probably.
0: Yeah, that seems reasonable. Yeah. Um. Uh, Kanye West. (laughs) To be fair, yeah. He did grow up in Japan. Did he? Yeah, yeah.
3: he did. Huh. I did not know that.
4: That's why there's all the Akira video, um, Akira references in his, I can't remember the name of it. The oh. one with Daft Punk.
3: Yes, yes, there we go. He is an... I like Akira and I didn't grow up in Japan. I thought of mine. You thought of yours? Yeah. Alan Titchmarsh. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: oh. Oh, gosh. Oh, uh. gosh. I wasn't trying to open the door to evil, but they, they, it's there. They got knighted the other day, apparently. Really? Yeah. For, for jacking it to anime. <laughs> what
1: else, Irish? What else? What else is there?
2: I was thinking services to literature. Oh, God, no. Along with, <laughs> along with um, Lenny Henry... Who was actually like? Now, are you saying he was ITV knighted it? along
3: with Lenny Henry, oh, or no, no, was he actually, jacking it along with Lenny Henry? Yeah, no, I gotta
2: say this is actually quite a terrifying, terrifying. story because of
3: ITV News. Yeah, ITV News
2: <laughs> played the story about Lenny Henry getting knighted, and about three of the clips used weren't him at all. They, they were, were AZ ha- Oh, what? <laughs>
0: oh, what?
2: They were a- <laughs> like, and like I on the other side, BBC were like. And uh, now, just new, news just in, ITV <laughs> have just made a massive racial swear against Becky <laughs> <Eddie Henry> and Beasley <laughs> Harris. <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Sorry, ITV. Yeah. Do they all look the same
2: to you? That's kind of what they were doing, like when, uh, when it was Samuel Jackson, Lawrence
3: Fishburne. On, yeah.
2: The, I'm, over again yeah, I'm
3: suddenly reminded of that interview, <laughs> oh, which was amazing. I
2: think, I think majorly the problem is like with ITV is that if they just put Idris Elba in there as well, they we could have gone, "Oh, sorry, we just were showing like you know all the black
3: men on British TV at the moment." <laughs> <laughs> um, Isn't Robin Williams or wasn't Robin Williams a big fan of? Um, well, wasn't he basically an attacker? He was. He was a big fan of Ava, from what
2: I recall. Um, there's, I, I don't know if it's like an apocryphal story about, uh, oh, what's it called? One hour photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's got a bunch of Ava references, isn't it? What a film? But he has a, he has an Ava unit toy that he gives to the kid in that. It's one of the uh, mass production models. Yeah, yeah. It's one. It's one of the ones I've got upstairs. In fact, not that <laughs> I'm a fan of Ava or nothing. That won't come up. Um, <laughs> Man, I'm really pre-empting next week's show, like, hard. A little bit. Yeah. It's like I've done a shitload of research. It's almost like a, in this show. <laughs> in, my, uh, in my Everganglian notes. Much like
3: my Zedler notes. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's a callback. Which important part of the franchise are you going to leave out of your list this time? Uh, the movies. That's probably fun. Which yeah.
0: movies?
3: I've basically just, I've put the series, because I figure
2: we could probably do a whole episode on the movies as well, but we probably shouldn't. It shouldn't.
0: Would you include what about the remix? Uh, oh, that's
2: uh, Oh, what? The rebuild. The rebuild, yeah. Um, well, basically, they can get in the
3: sea. Okay, we'll talk about those next week. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Very, Very And rebuilt. about
3: how they can get in the sea. Yes. They can fuck off in the sea. Anyway, um, anime. anime. Derived from the word animation. Yes. Very I simply. Can- it, that is what it is.
4: The first anime was in 1917. It was called The Doorman and it was animated straight onto sound. Film reel,
0: even.
3: There we go. Huh. Straight onto film reel? Yeah. Now that's impressive because that doesn't leave you a lot of space to work with.
0: No. It's
4: like a minute long.
3: Because otherwise you just get really bad hand cramp after that. (laughs) I kind of want to see that now um that sounds really interesting yeah it's it is traditionally a cell animation
2: yeah i mean it there's a lot of sort of we've moved to um with digital stuff and what. there's still a lot of people that work in like traditional um like cell painted mediums and things like that um does miyazaki still work in in that sort of field uh jenna
4: Mostly, but they do um, put the cells into a computer to then enhance them.
1: About well, the yeah. guy who does, the um, Wolf Child and children and all that sort of stuff—is that all? No,
4: I think he's computer animation. I think Jubilee oh. uh, is like one of the last ones, and they practically—well, they've sort of closed down. It's kind of weird. I don't if know
1: what's They downsized. Right?
4: Yeah. And
2: produce all the Totoro merchandise in the world. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, just, like, it's, it's one of the things where it's
3: like, where the fuck do you start? It's like doing the episode on movies. Where, where, where do you start with movies? Well, I'm, I'm sort of taking the role of outsider on this one because I've seen some anime, I like some anime, but I don't really know anything about Basically. it. Now I know anime means animation. yeah, mm. uh, And I know that uh, we generally regard shows that are produced in the West, even in the style of anime, as Western animation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So is anime simply Japanese animation, or is is it an East Asian animation thing? Is there Chinese anime, Korean anime, and is there anything that distinguishes it from animation other than its country or region of origin?
4: I guess the thing that differentiates it from Western animation is just the amount of different stories they tell with animation. Um, it's more the a medium of entertainment over there, so they will tell the slice of life story as well as the, the <coughs> giant robot story that you can only really do with animation.
0: Yeah,
2: but is that, that just plan? Well, that's what. Yeah, I was is, like, is, you know, is it just localized to Japan or is it?
4: Uh, um, Korea is starting to make more animation now along those sort of lines, but there's not a lot of it. Does or, so that- it doesn't come over here very much. I don't know a lot about it. Um, China, Korea, all the Asian countries, uh, not just those two, um, do have their own animation markets, but it's not translated as much as anime and not brought
2: over. Japan's really sort of taken a fucking stranglehold on the, on the niche market of it, I guess. I, mean, yeah. I know, I know Korean, uh, Korean comics, Korean man... Uh, was it manhwa? Manhwa. Manhwa. Has like, sort of differentiated itself from, from Japanese comics and that it is always listed now as manhwa rather than manga. Um, so, I don't know, maybe you can see the same with, with, uh, with animation yeah. as well, but I know that in Japan literally all anime all animation regardless of where it's from is just called anime. Yeah. Yeah. So that just just to confuse things even more, you know, there was, oh look at this anime. This is Evangelion. Look at this anime. This is Adventure Time. This anime is Tom ah, Jerry. This anime is Ghost in the Shell. So
3: like uh, Avatar Last Airbender. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. it's not anime over here because it's American produced. Yeah. But it's very much aping the style of what we would consider to be anime. And in Japan, it is considered anime because it's anime. Yes. Yes.
5: yes. It's
2: yes. oh, so- <laughs> nice, and,
3: nice and easy to understand. It. Good <laughs> it's, it's all context-based based on where you are.
2: And if someone's really going to get hung up on saying, oh, it's not anime because it's not Japanese, then just say, ah, dude, it's, you know, life's too short, Let- bro. Unless mm. you that one guy who was asking for where the original
1: Japanese rolls were for Avatar <laughs> the last Airbender. <editor>. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Man, they just ruined it in the dub. <laughs> 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 Although, yeah, speaking of which, we should probably also point out, because of this sort of um, link that you have between, you know, animation over here, animation over there, so that, I guess, in the West, stereotypically, we do see animation as being more... Uh, as a as a kids thing, less so now. I'm, I, I guess. I mean, with certain with certain shows, definitely, it's becoming a lot more of a mainstream thing to have. Would um, adult animation always sounds so illicit, doesn't it? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, but like BoJack Horseman yeah. is a great example because that is not Archa. a show for Archer,
2: uh, Bob's Burgers. Even though Bob's Burgers isn't like um, particular <laughs> particularly you know offensive or anything like that, it's like it's definitely not a kids show. It's got an offensive mm. moment
1: in it. Yeah. Family guy, American dad. Even the right, sentence.
3: So of- a lot of those have something in common, which is an appeal to comedy. Yeah. Like, there is a... Even if it's an offensive lightheartedness, it's a lightheartedness. Yes. Um, BoJack really interests me, because, as surreal as it is, uh, it's, it's a dark, personal story. It's a character piece. And it has funny moments, but overall the tone is actually very downbeat, very slice of life, and a very depressing life. Yeah, it's, it's not um, entirely played for laughs. Not at all. Uh, so that's to my mind, that's a really good example of the sort of grown-up cartoon in the West, yeah. but there's been a, as you say, there's been a huge history of animation in Japan being used for storytelling across the spectrum yeah. that we haven't really had over here. And so the result of that
2: is that, you know, there will be this sort of, people will sort of freak out when, you, when sort of you, you, you get exposed to a lot of different anime in the start, you will kind of freak out from seeing all these different things going on. And, uh, you know, there's, there's some stuff out there which you could say is, oh, it's not for kids because, you know, it deals with mature themes like, you know, this war and, you know, very, very dark personal slice of life stuff. And then there's, you know, stuff that is definitely not for kids because God damn. Just <laughs> well, for this way. And
4: that's just aimed at kids.
1: Let's Sorry. put it this way. In in next week's episode, I'll have my own personal um, actual real life event based on Oh yes. That sort of thing happening where, you know, this isn't for kids and really should not it isn't definitely not meant to be don't, for kids. Don't
2: show grown up anime to kids or they'll turn into Irish. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want that happening, young hands.
4: I was going to say, with an introduction, to anime, it might be a good idea to say how we actually got into it.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah, that's worth doing. Simon, mean, yours will be the shortest. Mine will be the shortest. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're here. Uh, you. Oh, me? Yeah. Me? I think you're the... I think you show me the... Like, if you're not... Hmm, actually, no, that's probably true. <laughs> It's Pokemon, Pokemon, Callous, isn't it? Pokemon, yes. Earth. Pokemon, then in that case, but mainly Jack, Jack through. I'm not an case. anime, huh? <laughs> I'm not an anime. You're an anime. What did I? What? Oh, thank you. The first thing that like I'd say is properly anime, like that, other than Pokemon. <laughs> um, anime. Uh, Kill Bill. Oh, the sections from Kill Bill, yeah. There's a section in Kill Bill. Like I watched when I was pretty young. Yeah. Um, and. and Oh the clamp movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: Oh it's so pretty.
2: (laughs) It is (laughs) those are my those are my
4: Uh, Oh the story. story. It's
2: (laughs) a good story. It is a good it's a good, concise, cut down, edited to (laughs) fuck story in a very, very pretty style. There's a bit that really captured my imagination in it, and I'll, I'll explain it very quickly to the listeners. But um, uh, And this is as a layman talking. Yeah. Obviously, don't know too much about it. It's been a while since I've seen it. But they have all these different types of powers. People can manipulate elements, that kind of thing. And then there's this is one scene where there's a SWAT team that are going after the main group of uh, protagonists, I believe they are, at one point, And they instead run into this guy with like a wide-brimmed hat, I think. Um, And um, they surround him, and uh, they're getting ready to open fire, and it turns out, essentially, as it begins to rain, this guy is a water elementalist of some type, and can manipulate water to the point it's as sharp as knives and this swap team just get there mowed is, there down is, by the rain. I think, yeah, yeah there's that point where, like, the girl puts her hand out, and the, the raindrop sort of falls into her palm, and it, you just see her, like, it looks like just a big old paper cut across yeah, the Yeah, yeah. And you go, because when you say to it, oh, he has the power to control the rain, you're like... I swear he uh, okay. a swap team. I, I don't remember that in there, but it, it, there is, like, the, you know, the protagonist surrounding him, and there's that, but I mean... When you say to somebody, oh, he controls the rain, it's like, what, so he's a slightly shitty version of Storm? Kind <laughs> of, uh, t- terrifying. Yeah, and Ooh. then you see it being used, and you're like, oh, damn. Mm. Like, that's kind of creepy. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, anyway, sorry, that was my, my first X a, introduction. X is a good place to start. Yeah, I really love it.
4: Um, that actually reminds me of the best um, talent, um, power ever, which was uh, the power over paper.
2: Oh, read or die. Read or die. Yes.
4: <laughs> Wasn't
2: was she called The Paper? Uh,
4: yeah, Yes. Yeah. And her surname was Reedman.
2: Yes. Man, <laughs> spared no expense in the writing there. Um,
3: yeah. No exp- uh, no effort expended.
5: Yeah, <laughs> spared uh, no effort.
3: So, my background is actually quite... It's sort of all over the place, really. Hmm. Uh, because when I was reasonably young, I, uh, I actually watched quite a lot of OVAs, which we ought to explain. Yes, yeah. um, They're sort of the movie one-shots as opposed to TV series. The Stephen King mini-series of anime. Yeah, that's, that's quite a good way of putting it. And there was a period of time when I suffered from chronic insomnia, and Channel 4, I think it was, used to show... O- OVAs at stupid times in the morning. Yeah, and then they moved over to the Sci-Fi so, channel as well. So I've seen loads of sort of 80s and 70s OVAs. Uh, not all of them stick with me, I have to admit. A lot of them have passed me by. <laughs> You've seen the sort of
2: Battle of the Planets and stuff like
3: that uh, kind of shows. Yes, but also like uh, GoGo13 Oh, uh, oh is oh, one that sticks with me. With the world's greatest CGI scenes. Um, oh, they okay. were 11 is one that it took me a really long time to track down and find out what the hell it was. What, sorry? Uh, they were 11. It's a seventies one and I rediscovered it recently and it's actually really, really good. Basically it's, it's about,
0: my list. uh,
3: it's about cadets who are being tested and it's their final exam and they're being, and they're sent to a, um, an out of commission spaceship um, and, and told uh, right, right. make do you know um, find some way to uh, survive until we come and get you basically the, the resources are there in an emergency hit the button and we'll all come but you'll all fail but if you make it through then you pass and there's 10 of them except when they do a head count there's 11 of them yeah huh. And because they're not friends and they're not classmates, none of them know who was in the original lineup of 10 exactly. So no one can ID which of them has appeared. And obviously bad things start to happen to the crew throughout and they're trying to work out who is the traitor, who is the bad person. It's actually pretty good. So they've got a ship that's falling apart and crashing into a sun that they have to deal with at the same time as they have to work out who amongst them is a spy and what their uh, motivation is. It's got a really 70s feel to the, the, um, the aesthetics, but it's, it's pretty fun. Um, and Bubblegum you, Crisis they- was there as well. Um, oh. but, but, like The original Apple Sea. C- yeah. The way I was trying
2: um, to describe Bubblegum Crisis to people is like, there's two ways you can go about it. You can either say it's Blade Runner, the anime. Um, yeah. Kind to the of. point that there's a character called Pris and her band is called the is. Yeah, um, Or you can describe it as it's a magical girl show where the, <laughs> where the girls transform into robot ladies and beat the ever-loving shit out of psychotic robots.
3: Or you could say it's both of those things. It is!
0: It totally fantastic is. fantastic 80s music. Oh yeah. Oh, that's so
4: good. The soundtrack is amazing.
3: And I also saw sort of, of akin to that, some uh, Dirty Pair stuff, some Dominion Tank Ooh. Police stuff. Yeah. Um, and that was sort of coming from Video Rental at the time, because anime in this country and in, in the States, in the English-speaking world, has had this long history of there are the official releases, which are few and far between oh, yeah. in those years. Because not a lot of stuff got westernized because there wasn't much of a market here. And then there were the fan dubs, which were tapes made, bootleg tapes made with fan written translations as subtitles. And I never fell in with a crowd that had access to fan dubs. So I never saw a lot of the popular stuff amongst the fans. But I did see a bunch of stuff that came through as official releases. And for some reason, hell of a lot of that was um like dominion tank police and dirty pair and stuff that was presumed to have a western appeal largely action stuff with sexy bits yeah wasn't wasn't dirty like, a, a, a british comic though? So. oh yeah yeah uh, which um, i also read adam warren's comic
4: and then it was ter- it, originally it was turned into a light novel and then the light novels were animated
2: Ah, so there you go. There's this kind of weird link there between sort of uh, Western uh, pop culture art and then going into to anime. So it all fuses together. Also, Dirty Bear is also awesome. You should totally go and watch it and, and Tank
3: Police. Mm. And then there was a long time where shows weren't really getting official releases, and I couldn't get hold of any fan dubs or anything like that. But there were a few movies that came through, uh, through manga distribution, yeah. and that's why I saw... <laughs> You say They're that, but yeah. and yes, they released a lot of crap. <laughs> I think it's, I think <laughs> it's more they, their
2: dubbing was the problem back in the nineties, two thousands.
3: But it's oh, it. so, oh, Simon.
2: Saw, Simon, they
1: still release a load of crap.
3: <laughs> Fair play, um, <laughs> but I have them to thank for having seen Akira. Yep. 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 Uh, I have Ghost them to the thank shell. for seeing Ghost in the Shell, yep. and I have them to thank for seeing Perfect Blue, oh. which they are for a long period of time in my life like the three tent poles of manga movies that i watched between sort of childhood and adulthood they were the ones i got hold of and i love them all and they're all quite different <laughs> uh, i've read the full akira now the full six volumes of oh, the, the akira manga, manga is
1: awesome
2: you, you sealed yourself in a
3: cave for a couple of winters and uh, yeah. got through it and I, I was impressed to find out that the movie covers less than one book yeah
0: yeah which is wow
3: okay if you if you are listening to this and like me you have a casual interest in anime and you've seen akira and you thought wow that is a head fuck buy the books because your head has just had some foreplay (laughs) if you want your head to be fucked with you need to read all six books yeah it's great it's amazing it is oh it's brilliant um because you you might think well, where do they go from there? And let's just say that the stories diverge just before the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so Akira is—it's—it's it's a wonderful example of sort of Japanese storytelling uh, that shows the influence of a nation who is the only nation in the world to have been nuked in anger.
5: Yeah, yeah.
3: Which I think comes a lot. Of- uh, in, across in a lot of Japanese storytelling. Oh yes, it's definitely a recurrent theme, <laughs> yes. and it's it's very futurist. It's very dystopian. It's very cyberpunk. Hence, being my th- my kind of thing. Yes. Um, Ghost in the Shell is a more clean cyberpunk. It's it's very transhuman. It's all about cyberization, and it's the the movie is very philosophical as well. It's a surprisingly slow pace, and in a formal three-act structure when you actually watch it, which is really interesting. I, I sat down to deconstruct it for university once. Ah. And the chants, and the dialogue-free sequences that the chants um, play over. Like parades and stuff like that that go through the city. Like the parade and the boat trip. Yeah. They break the film into three formal acts. So it's actually a very formalist film. and uh, the philosophy in each of the three acts changes as well. Because that was,
2: again, a a wonderful description I heard of the two, the difference between uh, Ghost in the Shell and Ghost in the Shell 2, which is uh, Ghost in the Shell 1 is an action movie with some really, really deep Eastern philosophy. And then Ghost in the Shell 2 is a philosophy movie with the occasional action sequence.
3: Yes, and I think that's fair to say, and they're both great. Oh, they're both fantastic. And then Perfect Blue is the kind of thing I don't know... Why I like it. It shouldn't be my thing. I don't like horror. And it is one of the most disturbing personal horrors that I've ever seen. It is traumatic as anything, but really well put together. Oh, yeah.
2: It's, it's one of those movies where you'll be sitting there for ages going, hang on, so was that bit. Re- it's something that really fucks me up with films is when I go, wait, so was that bit a dream? Or was that bit real? And then the bit that came after that was a dream. It's like when you try and piece together shit like Memento and all that, and you're like, hang on, so that yeah. there, and then this bit, hang on, no, so that means, and you're like, wait, was that
3: a happy ending? I've seen it a few times and I don't know what happened. Yeah. I guess that's kind <laughs> of the idea. To. I mean, we could ask the creator, but he did. So, mm. you know. <laughs> that
0: and then in makes more modern sad.
3: times. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> and in more modern times, I've seen, um, obviously, Ghost in the Shell had a TV series, Standalone Complex. It's really good. Yeah. Yep. It also had a series of OVAs recently, Arise, which was not so good. Um, <laughs> Black Lagoon, I've watched. Uh, I've watched some, not all of Eden of the East. Uh, tried to watch the Sailor Moon remake, couldn't. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm sort of I'm, I'm easing myself into the waters again because it's much easier to get hold of shows now. Yeah. But because it's so much easier to get hold of shows, and because Japan produces. Such a range of shows. Oh, yeah. It's so hard to know what to do. It's like, you look, oh which of these shows do I want to see? There are hundreds of them, and I'm so confused. What you need to do is come to an anime convention with me again, my young man. Oh, indeed. I have started, of course, going to these cons, and it is helping. It is. It yes. will educate, yes.
5: <laughs> <laughs> You're
3: going to come with me as well. I've been to one, and then I had to go to hospital. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Like I recently watched the first episode of Kill the Kill. Because um, oh. <laughs> I was told it's really, really good, but it's a bit weird. And I, ten minutes in, I was just like, a bit weird? <laughs> My response to that is well, they were half right. <laughs> and um, oh, Space Dandy, I thoroughly really enjoyed as well. Space Dandy. Now there's another fucking weird <laughs> here. That, that is really weird, but it's, it's the right kind of weird. Space Dandy's great. If you like Cowboy Bebop, Oh. Then there's no guarantee you'll like Space Dandy. Shows exist, but both of those shows exist in the same universe. Yes,
2: one is. Uh, yeah. Space Dandy is like a lot further on down the timeline, though. I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think where I started. I'm like, was it was it Pokemon that I started, and then I remembered I had a I just had a sudden traumatic flashback, <gasps> and I remembered what it was that started me off. I just remember mine as well. It wasn't any of them. But you go first.
0: So okay. Like, Sorry. You sure? I'm just gonna say, Speed Racer. <laughs> go,
2: Speed Racer, go! Yeah, a, how
0: old are you?
2: <laughs> I literally just. Well, it wasn't a, the original. Like yeah. it was a video. Yeah, I think it was on in a barbershop once.
3: In fairness, yeah, I was watching. They were eleven, which was released before I was born. Yeah. So, uh, a
0: joke. <laughs> my my
3: my introduction to it, I must have been
2: seven, mm-hmm. seven or eight. Yeah, and my cousin. Had a whole bunch of VHS tapes of various movies and whatnot. And uh, Fist of the North Star. Uh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, but the best But even when you were telling me about uh, um, what's it called? It fan, du- fan subs as well, Simon. Yeah. It wasn't a fan sub. It was an official release, but it was not an official Western release because there were no goddamn subtitles already done. <laughs>
3: In fairness, I have seen *Fist of the North Star. You don't need the dialogue. Yeah, well, true, but
2: try and explain that to each like, what's this about? And, he, and my cousin looked at me, and went, I don't know, but this guy does his thing with his hands and then people explode.
3: <laughs> yeah, it is I've that forgotten one. to say yeah, that is um, one I saw in my teens <laughs> as well. On exactly the same, no, no, no subtitles, no explanation of the plot. But holy shit, watch this bit. This bit's cool. Can, you explain, can you explain? though for those listening? Right. I, I will try to explain it. Right, basically,
2: imagine Mad Max, except Max is Bruce Lee on steroids. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. he turns it, it like he walks the earth kind of like Kane in Kung Fu he walks the earth from post-apocalyptic town to post-apocalyptic town and then big burly bad guys that look like the bad guys from Double Dragon in that they're all like 30 feet tall and have these giant biceps coming out of their faces and shit like that and then they all turn up and go ah, we're going to take over this town and eat all the people and then Ken who's the main character is like I can't let you do that and then he sort of just rips his shirt off by flexing and then he his arms flash everywhere and he goes what yeah, he does it every episode, isn't he? There's at least one point. And, and, like, he pokes them with his fingers. He doesn't, like, punch
3: them or anything. He just goes, pokes them. Yeah. he is the He is the exact opposite of One Punch Man. Yes, he is Multi Punch Man! Fucking <laughs> love! One Punch Man! The
2: result is so very spectacular, because the thing is like, he does... it's like acupuncture, he hits, like, the pressure points and Yeah. It's like a massage, except he hits the right amount of pressure points in the right order in the right combination. To like, make all your nerves cluster together and make your brain explode? A massage of death. Yeah. So I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and, and it was. And then Did he have looked, a car? Or something? Or a his his bike his, or something? His, his teen sidekick, Bat, um, had, had a car. Oh, okay. With a sail on it. It was all like, yeah. again, It was Mad Max yeah. style, you know? Um, yeah, so, like, it's that kind of weird 80s video game vision of, of post-pocalyptia. You know, it was like Double Dragon or, or Streets of Rage, that sort of stuff.
3: And indeed it was a video game.
2: Oh, yes, yeah. Oh, in fact, it's got a fucking fantastic arcade game. Where oh, like Love like arcade It's like an arcade you know shooter mm-hmm. or whatever it is, except paddles come out the side of the screen and you've got to punch them. Oh, that's sweet. And then, but they come out, like, in a specific order. So you got to just punch them, like, with your reflexes getting it right. And then the boss fights are basically, you do that for a while. And then all the paddles come out, and you've just got to hit as many paddles as you can within a time limit, so you literally just stand there going, and just rapid-fire punching everything. And it does... I maintain it does not work unless you do the full Bruce Lee patter as you do it. Which isn't easy, let's face it. It's really not. But once you get it, it's, it's fun as hell. And you look like a fucking lunatic. I love it. Yeah. Um, but that was my introduction, was Fist of the North Star, when I was in single-digit age. Oh. My cousin, he also introduced me to Warhammer as well. Was it the same day? Uh, uh, Did no, you just have completely overloaded? I, I think that was, I, and Teenage Mutant I learned so much from that man. Yeah. I'm I wonder where he is now, like, I think realise Bristol. Huh, okay. <laughs> this is not Brahms. Right? True. Fuck it. Brahms' Uh
0: Who are we up to now? Irish. Um. <laughs> uh, it was a long time ago. He's it was a long time good. ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Um.
1: I want to say. It was something on the sci-fi channel,
2: so... Really? Yeah. Because that was quite... I mean, I remember that. That was like the mid-2000s. You would have been, what, 43? 44? <laughs> <laughs> they were doing it in the 90s as well. They, yeah, they've been doing it for a long time. Was there a it's particular just, one, or...? Much like I've often said, just because they were doing it in the 90s, that doesn't make it right. Because stars was on Channel 4 in the 90s. It was. It was one of those things that was like really, really early in the morning. Yeah. Um, I'll also point out, if, if anyone's looking for Fist of the North Star to watch and you come across the live action movie, <laughs> 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 watch the hell out of it.
3: It is amazing. I would not steer you wrong. Would I lie to you? <laughs> Holy shit, I've just found an article entitled Insomnia Channel 4, the 90s and anime, and it's reminding me of all the shows I watched. Uh, wow! Uh, oh, you're gonna- three by Three Eyes, Cyber oh. City Uedo 808, oh, Devilman. Amazing! Oh, Legend of the Four Kings. Love Devilman. Oh, fuck, Devilman. Yeah, I, I saw all of these. <laughs> devilman and Violence Jack. That was, that was fucked up. Violence Jack, yeah. Uh. T-
1: I think it might have been, I mean, I had all the, you know, the Pokemon, and all that kind of stuff, but I think the first proper anime I saw without realising what it was, was actually uh,
2: Battle Angel Alita. Ooh. Ooh. So you've got some fancy sci-fi going on. Hmm. Fucking I mean, love that. just <laughs> fancy sci-fi? Well, I think Battle Angel Alita, Battle Angel Alita is um, it's James Cameron's favourite anime, isn't it?
1: Yes, he has the rights to it. That's why we can't get it.
2: (laughs)
3: Because James Cameron is a bastard. James Cameron. Because he's wanted to do an adaptation of it for a while. Yeah, so he bought the rights to it and has uh,
1: refused to let them re-release it. The the original OVA and stuff.
3: There's
2: there's a Western director who bought the the rights to make a live-action perfect blue for two reasons. Um, what was his name it was um, Requiem for a Dream what was his name
3: oh um, the wrestler Um, yeah Yeah, I've forgotten his name that's really annoying
1: oh oh I remember now it was Aronofsky it was Aronofsky,
3: uh, yes, that Aronofsky, I mean, yes. Ar- Aronofsky. He like bought the rights to do a live
2: action Perfect Blue for two reasons. One, so no one would ever make a live action Perfect Blue. Yeah, <laughs> it's
3: a good reason.
2: <laughs> and two, so that he could use the the scene in the bathtub where she's sort of like in the fetal position, lying down in the bathwater, which I believe is in Requiem for a Dream. Mm. And apparently, he just wanted that scene. He said that was the perfect moment he wanted. Um, and yeah, I don't know if it's true or not, but that was I thought it was kind of cool that you're like, seeing the links between media and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, terrifying, too, that someone hasn't bought the rights to protect Akira and Ghost in the Shell, though, isn't it? Well... Yeah, I think they're doing both a Ghost in the Shell and an Akira. <laughs> there's there's, been, a, there's yeah. been a live action Akira in the works since, like, the fucking 20s. That's true.
3: <laughs> yeah, but yeah. the, the terrible-looking Ghost in the Shell has actually been cast, oh, so... Oh,
2: shit! Oh, fucking shit-fuckity-shit- fucking dick-nipples! Yes, I'd, I, you know what? I'd actually blocked out Scarjo from my fucking brain. Hey. She's not Japanese. I know she's not Japanese. You could say hey. her fault.
3: If someone said, I want to cast you in the Ghost of the Shell film, would you say no? Who, yeah. mean, it depends what they wanted to cast me as. If they wanted to cast me as the major, I'd go, I don't think I'm the right person for this role.
2: <laughs> but I you just, still wouldn't I'd do say, it? You know what? I'd say yes. No, I wouldn't do it. Yes, uh, no. I, I would see the
4: hell
0: out but
2: of that. I would say yes, but. That doesn't make me the right person exactly, for the role. Exactly, but you'd still do it. Yeah. yeah. But it wouldn't be right. But that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm, not, I don't <laughs> think, I'm not blaming Scarlett Johansson. I'm blaming the people making the choices. I'm not blaming Scarlett Johansson. That's okay. She's just a symptom of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> also, she can't act. But moving no, on, no, no, she, she's pretty good. She's pretty <laughs> good. Uh, so, yeah. It wasn't wasn't
3: good. Why can't she bring it, it to the screen? It, it wasn't. So, oh. Irish, you remembered what you actually <laughs> yes, started with. I remembered. It wasn't Battle well I' Have you forgotten again, since? No!
1: It wasn't Battle your or It was round about the same time, but it was the original Vampire Hunter D. <gasps>
5: Ooh,
2: oh! Nice watch that. Yes. If you ever get a chance to read, uh, Vampire Hunter D was a series of novels by uh, Hideyuki Kikuchi, um, who is a mad, mad writer. So mad. Still going, he's still going. Uh, he is still He's been writing for ages.
1: Um, amazing the stories, though. The I love st- his stories.
2: The story kind of goes that he... he oh, In that kind of Doc Brown kind of way, he was friends with like, some teenager or whatever it was. He was just a mad old kooky writer. And this teenage kid was like, oh, yeah, th- you know, this is my friend, uh, Amino. Um, you know, he, he really likes your books. And he said, oh, really, Amino, you know, what, what do you do? He's, oh, I'm an artist. And he goes, oh, I drew this. And he showed him this, this picture he'd done of D, the main character. And if anyone's familiar with the art of Yoshitaka Amano... God the, the man did, yeah. did the original art for Final Fantasy, um, did the art for, for Vampire into D. He's got a very, very weird art style, but it's very cool. Um, it's and, stunning. And that's how he got on to having a Vampire into D anime. The first one is, it, it looks really basic now. When you watch it now, you go, man, this is kind yeah. of it's definitely something of the era it's not aged well um no. it does have one of my favorite moments of uh, a character which ha- where t- to japanese ears this character's name sounds really cool it's like a western name that is a thing that we've heard before and also works as a name but if you're western and you have a character called greco-roman <laughs> it just sounds kind of stupid um but the sequel, Bloodlust, which is the oh. third novel, because they basically go yes. with alternating yeah. novels. They missed um, the novel, yeah. Yeah, because the second one's not, it's, it's not great. Um, but Bloodlust is, oh, it's incredible. There was a PlayStation game based off of it, and it yeah. is really yep. good. And you sort of find out that Vampire, like, Vampire 2 is essentially, it's set 10,000 years in the future. There was some yeah. kind of event happened in humanity went
1: It was, out, it, it was, um, it was Nuclear Apocalypse. Hmm. It's it, exactly that. You know, yeah. It was the end Basically, of the world. It, we, we fucked up,
2: the button got pressed, nuclear war happened, humanity went down into the vaults. And, and, thing, that- and the thing was, vampires were, all, were always there. Yeah, but when we was- came out of the vaults, they'd sort of taken over, so suddenly the surrounding countryside was... Oh, look, giant gothic castles and werewolves and, and fucking demons and vampires and ghosts and everything everywhere and horrifying mutants. <laughs> That's the last thing you'd expect. You're like right. finally
3: we're emerging, blinking into the sun. Oh well, it's apocalypse is
2: nighttime and there are vampires. Yep. And uh, castles. Exactly. Well it's we- funny funny enough, the castles are spaceships. Yes. Because that's how the vampires got here. That's They're cool. from space. I did not know that.
3: Yeah. I never Actually, got that. I just, I just, spoiled ever, that. For you. I I've only just, ever, well, like, <laughs> the thing is like I, I've only ever seen
2: like tiny bits of vampire Entity and that is not what I expected. I will show you Bloodlust at some point. Bloodlust is really Bloodlust is fantastic. It's got a really good sort of um, gothic horror vibe to it. And I don't mean that literally just because there is a female vampire in it called Camilla. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, the original, the original film was in eighty-five.
2: And it
3: looks it. It's good. It's so I'm confused. The vampires were here all along, but the vampires were also from space. I don't really understand it myself either, because D is the son of Dracula,
2: but who was an actual vampire in the 1800s, but also vampires came from space whilst we were in the vaults.
3: Basically, it works like this. Look So there. basically, there was an apocalypse. We all went underground, <sighs> and basically. the two vampires who were here, including Dracula... Basically, put out the call to the other vampir- vampires and went, "Hey, guys, the, the humans aren't home. Come on over. house party." <laughs> right <laughs> pretty
1: much So basically, basically what happened is the, the, the year that it set in is like 12,000 a.D. Sometime in 1999,
0: nuclear war happened. Uh, the nobility,
1: which were the vampires, uh, had planned for a possible nuclear war and had. You know, they had built themselves into vaults themselves to rebuild civilization in their shelters. They used their science and magic to restore the world in their image. And that's where all the magical creatures came from. They were in- engineered.
2: Uh, and, and a very small number of uh, demons who had survived the Holocaust. And the, the plot sort of takes up where humanity is just starting to get itself back on top of the food chain again because the vampires are all leaving or dying out or being to yeah. extinction so it's sort of humanity is getting back on top and d is a the titular character d is he's a, a, he's a or Dunpeel, depending on which sort of version of the english you're listening to yes uh, he's a half <laughs> human half vampire who goes around killing vampires as was the uh, the way of things what i do love is that the original dampier um story from from eastern europe from the slavic nations The idea of a half-man, half-vampire who would go around hunting vampires is that in those stories, vampires were invisible. So if people got sick in a town and they go, oh, it's a vampire plaguing us, some dude would turn up and go, I am a dampier. I hunt the vampires. I've got the mystical sight. I can see the vampires. And then would run around with a stick attacking thin air going, out, out, you bastard. And then they'd pay him and he'd wander on to the next town. Nice. And I'm like, man, Four hundred years ago, Darren Brown would have been rolling in money. I think he already was. I think he's immortal anyway. Oh, okay. That that went <laughs> weird. Yeah. Um, but yes, that, that's that's to entity. Also, he has a life right living in his hand. Yes. Before we actually move on, you actually you you both actually said an interesting point that I think. I'd like to ask you because I'd like your opinion. Please ask questions. Yeah. Um, you, so you say um, that watching like Vampire Hunter D, you notice that you know you, you notice that it's aged. Hmm. Like, would you say that there's um, an anime out there or a particular style uh, of anime that actually preserves it from that kind of from, from it that makes it timeless almost? Like, Ghibli. I was going to say, is it Ghibli? Ghibli does. I mean, I don't watch a lot of it, it. It's not really, it's not really for me. I can't take a lot of whimsy. Yeah. Oh, oh, I can't take tween. I can't take whimsy. T- so. There's a lot of Tweed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if there are. I mean, you can read into a certain dark elements for a lot of. I enjoy uh, films. Them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love uh, Princess Mononoke. Okay, I love because yeah. you know it's it's uh, you know it's uh, environmental message with giant wolves eating people. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Um, and also a lady shoots a fucking demon god in the neck it's it's really fucking cool it's also very available i think oh yeah a lot, yeah. lot of people know oh yeah you can go like, to any very popular you can go into your local hmv cdx yeah, whatever course, and yeah. pick up any set of them, you can pick up a yeah. box set at uh, ghibli films yeah. uh, spirited away is pretty good i mean i didn't really enjoy it all that much but it is pretty good uh mm-hmm. and Prince oh, castle
3: has so. a castle as well yep. yeah yeah I'll say I don't think Akira has aged. Yeah,
2: akira still done pretty well. Akira holds up. Have you seen Akira? I think I have, okay. but it was a very again a very long time ago. We're going to watch Akira. Yeah, um, I like to actually. It, it holds I still up need to really, watch really it. Have uh, we seen yeah, near on the top of the Ninja Scroll. Ninja Scroll not really hasn't hasn't held up particularly well. Um, it's not
1: like, you'll tend to find that quite a lot of like the the, eighth, the late eighties and nineties
2: movies hmm. tended to last a lot I th- better. I think the problem with Ninja Scrolls, it's not that the animation hasn't aged, it's actually still pretty, pretty good animation uh, because the detail's all there. I think it's the character designs that really get me with Ninja Scrolls. Oh yeah, the characters. Everyone Ninja has Ninja like giant they- heads, but really small faces.
3: Um, yeah, I think there's basically... Lines. its uh, From my limited experience, what I've noticed is that A lot of anime either goes for quite a reserved look in the character design. Akira, Ghost in the Shell, Perfect Blue. The people look very ordinary people. I mean, yes, like the major has purple hair. um, There are outlandish aspects, but as... But she doesn't... Illustrations of a face and a body, they are people. And -hmm. then there's the stylized animes that exaggerate and uh, distort characters. And that has always been true, but the style of stylization has changed through the eighties, through the nineties to now. Mm. So you can tell by the way in which they're stylized, sort of the era they're from, from what I can see.
5: Yeah. yeah,
3: For the most part. Yeah. I mean, certain things like your hair colors and whatnot,
2: um, have, have definitely. I mean, there's. I think they've now done every single possible color of the spectrum as a, as an anime protagonist hair color. Um, to the point now that because because one of the the series that I still I always hold about I absolutely love is the is Yu Gi Oh uh, particularly um, GX. Ah. Is the <laughs> late later oh I've not mentioned that before. Um, later seasons <laughs> of 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 Yu Gi Oh. So now we're into Arc V or Arc Five or whatever the hell you want to call it. I've noticed since, um, I think since GX or whatever, if you look at them, like every, every protagonist from Yu-Gi-Oh has two hair colours. Their fringe is a different colour to the rest of their hair. And I'm like, that's just cheating, Sorry, right? what, I can't decide on the hair like colour of my protagonist.
1: It's like if you, watch the, if you didn't watch the show without seeing the opening, it's like, oh, it's a typical school scene. Which character could be the protagonist?
2: Uh, That one! It's the tiny one with the giant purple blonde spiky hair that's three times the size of his body.
4: (laughs) (laughs) But um, Going back to Rob's question, you've got also movies like the Iriyatsura films uh, that were made that were made cheaply, but because um, Oshi made the first two of them, the foot, they look absolutely stunning still And they're full of beautiful imagery <coughs> um, About this one guy who's a lecher And this girl who loves him for some reason
2: Yep Who, and
4: who happens <laughs> to wear the
2: key Aliens Do you know how to make Larissa <laughs> Yatsura even better? Is you go oh. and you find the British dog Oh God, no. Yatsura, Starring Matt friggin' Lucas no way! A what? Yeah that, yeah, that.
0: Yeah, It
4: was the first thing shown on BBC Three.
2: Because <laughs> you know, start start strong, BBC Three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that exists. It was the first thing to be shown on BBC Three. There, the BBC. Are, there are, yeah. to, my, to my knowledge, there the are, first ever thing. The, the, to my knowledge, there are three official British dubs of things. There are probably more, but the three I know of are Irissa Yessera. Catgirl Nuku Nuku and K.O. Century Beast Warriors. Uh My god. I have slurred bizarre threats under my breath in my sleep whilst I dreamed of untold horrors and have made more coherent better acting decisions than anyone in that fucking dub. It is absolutely appalling. To the point where it got scrapped and then there was an American dub of it that came out. That was dire, mm-hmm. but I remember hearing it and hearing them go, "You bastards! You won't get away with this!" And I went, "Oh God, it's so good to hear some quality voice acting finally for the <laughs> show getting Because <finished." laughs> my God, I remember hearing it and hearing the character go, "Bastards, father! What <laughs> have they done to you? It sounded like bloody Tony Slattery in uh, in uh, <laughs> but but anyway. anyway."
0: Father, you sound like.
2: And thus the bar of course, that Jack.
3: <laughs> yes, exactly. What I will say about Akira's aging, um, it's about to age. Oh? Because it's set in 2019. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it centers around what is underneath the stadium that Tokyo are building to host the Olympics in 2020. Yep. Now, Tokyo actually did win the bid for the 2020 Olympics. Yep. So they are building the stadium. So in 2019... If they don't discover Akira's body and blow up Tokyo, it will have aged.
2: Well, Simon, just, just to give everyone a sneak peek of next week, uh, the anime we're talking about, the events at the end of it, do you know when they take place? Uh, 1998? December 31st, 2015. Oh, 2015, yeah. nice. December 31st, <laughs>
3: 2015, so... Okay, that's a lot later than I was giving it credit for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it all goes down this year. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, Star Trek had its Eugenics War in 1996, and 2001, A Space Odyssey didn't happen. It's still time. Uh, they're, I they're saw still... that the thing, the glowing black thing, and I've never been the
2: same since. The what? <laughs> the Marlin <monolith laughs> in, in. Oh, 2001. Oh, okay.
0: What about you, but... Jen? What was your first?
4: Um, technically, moment... <laughs> When I was young, and it What's terrified
2: it? me. Oh, that's a weird. like... I forgot about Moomin. It's a, it's, a, it's Moomin's Japanese. it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a fino Japanese yeah, post yes. production. Yeah, it
4: was animated uh,
0: always... for TV Tokyo. Hmm. It's it's. Well, what is the word? Like, so I know I know
3: there's Russo Finnish, which is which is Russian and Finnish. Hmm. But I guess it'd be yeah. yeah. I, I always think of the Finnish connection, not the Japanese connection. I guess yeah, the, I the, the original little art and one. Yeah, was confused was Finnish. Me. It's like Dogtanian and all that. Yeah. The Last Unicorn. Yeah. That I, was in,
4: all English animated.
3: Ah. Yeah. I had such a connection to that sort of European animation as a child, um, more so than anime. You know, Mysterious Cities of Gold, Dogtanian, Ulysses Thirty One, oh. Jason the Wild Warriors. Wild Warriors. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I've <laughs> never so Warriors, was weird, I only know that song opening that song language. because of karaoke. <laughs> um, yeah, so I always think of it as Finnish more than Japanese But yeah, I guess so yeah. It's yeah, very much
4: um, I then sort of Obviously started watching Pokemon when that was The big craze Met uh, the lovely Jack here um, Which one? Yeah. You.
2: Oh me, oh, wait, I was confused Because you said lovely The word is majestic <laughs> <laughs> Like an art to know
4: And I moved on to things like Sailor Moon, Tenshi Muyo, um, things that were on TV. Um, Jack would very kindly record things of sci-fi for me to watch. Um, Sometimes uh, there were a few times where he would go, you're not having this.
2: Um, Partly is because because I don't need to break you And partly because, yeah, you're not having my personal copy of Rutsuki Doji
3: You know, fucking Return of the Overfiend (laughs) Um, Um, I'm just going to jump in at this point and say You also bought DVDs from game And anime is how we first met Yes
4: Um, I can't remember what DVDs I bought But the first videotape I ever bought Was um, a little series called Nadasuko (laughs) And I bought a random ass tape, I think it was number 7, because I didn't understand that it was...
2: (laughs) I didn't understand (laughs) numbers, okay? I was like, 15, you can't expect me to know numbers. (laughs) No, it was more of a
4: case of, I didn't get that, because I was so used to Western animation, I thought you could jump in wherever you wanted to. That is a
2: good point, actually, yeah.
4: Um... So, I bought this random tape, had no idea what was going on, but fell in love with the characters, and then went back and slowly collected it um, while also collecting Bubblegum Crisis Tokyo 2040. And those were, yes, so those were the sort of anime that really started me into it. And then I moved more into. Looking at what came first, what came earlier, and looking at fan subs, and downloading those, and just joining the general anime scene. Eventually meeting um, my lovely husband, and um, I think that's history. I've now got so many academia books on anime, it's ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> and it's just great, um, yeah.
3: Well, there you <laughs> go. go. A journey. Yes, to clarify my statement, I worked in game. Yes. And uh, I, I was one of <laughs> Jenna's dealers. He's laughing at the fact that he worked in game. No, no, because you remember so, that I worked no, in no, game,
0: right? no, I've also worked <laughs> that, in game. That was beautiful.
3: Continue your story, Simon. <laughs> I was just saying, I was one of Jenna's dealers. I, I remember yes. the first time Jenna and I met, I, I didn't know you apart no. from you were a semi-regular customer who came in to buy anime and then we met in a social circle, I was like, "I know you.
4: <laughs> you're that girl that comes in and is really excited about anime." <laughs> That's how I met a lot of my friends around this area. Because so, I'd go up to people in store and go, "Hey, you're looking at anime."
2: Friend is such a strong word. Stalker victims. Stalker <laughs> victims is the word you're thinking of.
4: Uh, um, but yeah, it's. The reason I enjoy anime is just because it's so varied. I mean, on my pinboard, which is decorated with tons of university stuff, I've also got pictures from a couple of my favorite shows, such as Paradise Kiss, which is about um, the fashion industry and modeling and the high schools around that sort of thing. Um,
2: Paradise Kiss is, I think, there was, a, there was a comic a little while ago that I saw, like a web comic, that... Perfectly explains it in terms of it, it's supposed to be for any shoujo show, like a, a show aimed yes. at young women. Um, and it, it totally applies to me reading and watching Paradise Kiss, which is episode one. Oh man, this is really boring. Nothing's exploding, no one's dying. It looks like it's going to be like a romance thing. <laughs> Final episode. No, you fucking idiot! Don't you understand? <laughs> she loves you! <laughs> It's really good, but my God, it fucking ruined me. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh my heart. My Ah, oh, um, It's beautiful. It's like four, vo- four or five volumes of manga. So five volumes it, it, and it like 20 three,
4: three volumes of anime.
2: Yeah, it's really good. Don't watch the anime because like, it's like, oh, they're doing, they're doing an episode per chapter. That's really good. So they're really giving this the time. it needs. Oh, my God. They, they've only got one episode left and 12 chapters. What are they going to do? Oh, they're going to do all 12 of them in one episode. Oh, okay. Damn. It does
4: look gorgeous, though. Yeah. I
2: absolutely love it. The looks, anime. Oh, it looks very pretty. And very weird musical decisions. <laughs> like, Tommy February 6 is the opening song, and it's, it's a really good Japanese act. They're, they're really, really good. Really, really nice song that sums it up. It's like yeah. this kind of 80s Madonna vibe to it. And it's which, really cool. It suits
4: it perfectly.
2: And then the ending sequence is uh, Doing Wireless by Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> Which really yeah. takes you by surprise when you're watching an anime. And it, they do like the kind of Enders thing where, like, the, the opening, this way, the, the ending song starts before the episode's finished. Like, they'll be talking, and then it'll slowly fade in with the, with the ending song. So it doesn't like, do the. the, the <laughs> well, no, basically, so you've got, like, this guy, <laughs> this guy and a girl, like, uh, like holding each other in, a, in an alleyway, and he's saying, It's going to be okay. And they look at each other. And then, just in the, in the background, <laughs> you can just hear, Oh, well, I woke up tonight. <laughs> I bet that sounds really
3: cool because for people that wouldn't really know was the name of Franz Ferdinand? Franz Ferdinand, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That right What right?
0: do you, do you, do you, do you want to?
3: Hey
2: yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Paradise Kiss, that's really, really good You should totally go and check that out Hypothetical listener
5: If you um, have already If you exist
2: <laughs> Yeah Yeah
4: I think I, the good thing about anime and, and manga as well is the fact of it goes to all dem- demographics. Mm. So there is, um, the way Japan does its media, it doesn't break it up into genres like slice of life, mecha or anything like that. It actually breaks the up into shoujo, shounen, uh, seinen and uh, josai.
2: Which is which- young Man. There's no <laughs> need to feel down, I said young man. <coughs> <coughs> <laughs> Shonen, young man. Mm-hmm. Shoujo, young girl.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Seinen, also young man, but I suppose we don't have a differentiated term for that, do we? More young it's young, um, boy,
0: young man. Slightly less young man.
2: Yes. Seinen is for the man-mans, <laughs> who are young at heart, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously. And then Josai is for the ladies.
0: Yeah, it's much like me
2: in that regard. Okay. Yeah.
4: So the fact of there's actually stuff that I can watch and feel like I'm watching the dramas that I watch that are really stupid and my husband absolutely hates. Um, But I can also go watch something completely. Love you too. Um, I can go watch something completely on like uh, El Sago or something like that. Mm. So it's great, the difference in the amount of difficulty you can get,
2: if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about the things that I've got in my own sort of personal collection. And just go right, flip between it. I've got Black Lagoon, so I've got this show about pirates in the South China Seas in the early nineties. I think that's my yeah. Favorite. We also
3: explain contemporary
2: pirates, with yeah. missiles and machine yes. guns, and genuinely, I think it's, it's so a fun series. Black, I mean, Lagoons. Black Lagoons, <laughs> Lagoons, it's incredible. I, I I would say Black Lagoon is probably one of the best animes of the last like twenty years. It I love is it. Awesome. Aww. Give it a go because it's it's such a mature without being, you know, it's mature without being itchy. It's it's a really, really
3: cleverly done story. And it's I enjoy it, but I've never found it compelling enough to drag me through the whole of it. I've got all of it, and I will do it at some point. I've enjoyed what I've watched. I don't know what it is that keeps me from going back and diving straight back into it, but it's one of those things that ends up on my, I want to watch the rest of this list. But it's not at the top. There's
2: there's one or two standalone episodes, and the rest of it is done in like two, three episode Mm. arcs, little bursts. Serial. The best thing to do is just watch a serial at a time. Um, The last,
3: I think, I've been doing that. Yeah,
2: the last arc of the series, uh, which is all set in Japan, is I think kind of a big miss of the series. It's not. It's not great. Oh, see, no, that's interesting because I um I remember um Jack um like what we're going to be discussing later, or oh, rather, sorry, next, L- next week, next, no, week. No, 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 next week. Don't, don't fucking ruin um, the um, <laughs> <laughs> Like that, uh, Jack sat me down to watch that, and I, I actually found myself really enjoying the last. The final hour. The last, yeah, because it, it wrapped up, but again, in a way that wasn't in any way a cliche, the, it just ended. Yeah. And and it, it it had, like, that kind of final note, as it were, but, like, it did it in a way that I didn't really expect it to. Um, which I really enjoyed. It's it's a really good series, and there is just something there for everyone. Like you know, whether it's crime, whether it's adventure, action, history. And My God, there's like you know delving into a fucking sunken U boat. The U boat, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a really really good arc. It's like two or three episodes. Right, also, yeah.
4: you've got one of the most romantic moments ever I, yeah. to, put to animation, and it's just the cigarettes, just stunning. Yeah, it just, which sounds weird, but.
2: It when is, you watch
4: it and you see that scene, you understand what we mean. It is an absolutely
2: beautiful scene that is the way, probably the most romantic scene I've seen in anything between two characters who, technically speaking, don't really have any romantic link, as it were. Oh, I ship them hard. Oh, you, you can ship the <laughs> hell out of them, absolutely, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it it, that's, again, another strength. It's it such a weird, deep, deep, deep relationship yeah. that it runs in this kind of very bizarre way and it's, oh, it's all kinds of awkward and wonderful. and. It, Oh, it's really, really good. You should totally watch it. And also, it's one of those things where I will say, watch it in the dub.
5: Yeah.
2: Um, I don't get to say that a lot about things, but watch the watch the uh, the American dubbing of it because mm. it's really, really well done. And also, sort of in universe, the characters all speak English to one another because three of them are American, um, and one's Japanese, who is an interpreter. Yeah. So you know, they they do jobs for the Russian mafia. Not sorry, not the Russian mafia. <laughs> the, the up-and-coming Russian-organized crime syndicate, Hotel Moscow, who are brilliant and terrifying, and I will not tell you why they are so terrifying. Um, just, just go and watch it, and, and love Mistress Balalaika. She's just incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, Black Lagoon's great. I mean, other things I've got, Michelle, uh, High School of the Dead. Um, <laughs> Available on Netflix. Available on Netflix, and if you ever wanted to see uh titty-bouncing in Matrix-style bullet time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that where that comes That's from? That's where that yeah. comes from. Where there is a scene where a man fires a sniper rifle and as a woman's doing a, a backward spin and her boobs are all bouncing all over the place in super slow motion and the bullet, like... Her boob bounces over it as it goes over and then it's in her cleavage and then her other boob bounces over it so that it goes through. So her boobs are actually bouncing twice as fast at the speed of a sniper rifle bullet.
3: Yes. Have you actually seen someone's done the math to work out what yeah. frequency yeah. her breasts must saying, be I'm oscillating at? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Now, this is a very fly point. Yeah, because yeah, um, uh, like,
2: uh, I think... Um, sorry, high is a High School Yeah, I think that really subverts whole um kind of uh bouncy if you know what I mean. It, it, like it takes the piss It a takes lot. the piss out. Um now what is your standing on it as a like a thing that is you know, there's, that it, it isn't such a <laughs> are, we, are we talking about fan service? Fan service. Titties. Ass uh, and titties. Yeah basically yeah. um it's everywhere, seasoned to your taste. Um it it can it, it can totally ruin something. Like, you know, yeah. things put fan in. You go, oh, that was actually quite a, a creepy, dark scene. And then it's got a bit, mm, this is a bit weird to me. Um, and then certain shows will just sort of like make it the mainstay. I mean, uh, High School of the it is worth pointing out the art for it was done by a hentai, yeah, a porn artist. All right. So that's why. A lot
0: of things are.
2: Yeah, a lot, a lot of things sort of with a. Like, Clamp. Clamp. Yep. Yeah, X. The ladies who did that—they started off doing uh, Star Wars porn. Star Wars porn. Star Wars porn comics. I've probably seen it. There you go. (laughs) Uh, So uh, there you go. Everyone sort of has that. It's sort of like a like reverse. You know, people. You know, it's that thing of people going legit. But yeah, High School of the Dead. That's probably why a lot of that is in there. There's certain other artists who have also done the same trick. Funny enough, the the writer for High School of the Dead Mm. uh, doesn't generally tend to do manga um, himself. He writes novels. He writes um, alternate history novels. Oh, which are always fun. Well, this is the thing. Is like I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting because he's done High School of the Dead, which is like, what if the sort of proper Night of the Living Dead virus mm. um, took, over, just took over the world, what would it be like in Japan? Because we always see what happens in, um, in America, mm. and he fucking loves Shaun of the Dead. So he's like, oh, yeah. we'll see what happens in, in, in Britain. That's why I also love this. He's in it! Yeah, Simon Pegg has a cameo in it. Like, there's this yes, there's like, because, a character yeah. who looks like Simon Pegg and has a little badge on that says, uh, Shi-bol, sure it's all red on you. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just staring off into the middle distance at a convenience store. Um... Yeah, there's like a little throwaway line in high school there, but they're running down all the countries that have basically been completely fucked up because, you know, the zombie apocalypse happened. There's riots everywhere. It's like Paris is on fire. Beijing has gone completely silent. Uh, there's widespread rioting and, and looting in New York. And there's just at the very end of it all. It's like order has been maintained in London. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't riot here. No, that wouldn't be proper. No. Um and, uh, yeah, so there's just that. So it's what would happen in Japan. But his uh, what-if novels that he's done before have been very weird. Like He's done things like um, Iron, Cross, oh, Iron Cross Pacific Sky or something like that, which is basically what if Japan had joined the Allies instead of the Axis powers. Oh, wow. Which is, yeah, fair enough. That's quite an interesting what-if and also would be a very interesting thing for a, you know, a Japanese writer to, to start looking at. He's also done Imperial Guard, which is... What would the Japanese self-defense force be like in modern times if saber-toothed tigers had never gone extinct? Oh <laughs> yeah. my god, bring this to me! <laughs> so, bring this to me now! Yeah, so there's, there's that. Um, so <laughs> what, a, what a complex writer. Wow. Um, the, funny enough, the, the artist for it, uh, Satoshi, Shoji, uh, has now gone on to do his own thing where he's writing and drawing the art for his own manga called Triage X. Which is ah oh, triage. X. Triage X is great. It's about uh, a hospital who also have a, a section of staff who go out into the city and uh, locate uh, the tumours of society. Those, those people that are literally just ruining society and giving oh. nothing back to it, and they remove them. Yeah. Okay. They excise them. Wow. Um, and it's like cr- even more crazy fan servicey than for *High School Dead* ever could hope to be. <laughs> it's quite. Yeah. Awesome. Um. Senshi Muyo as well, so you've got harem shows, you know, one guy, lots of girls, or occasionally one girl, lots of guys, it's like, oh, who will he pick? Oh, what a load of... What a a farce of, like, all these things happening. Oh, it's a comedy of errors! Oh, she thinks he's with him, but actually he's like, oh! Yeah, there are a lot of them are quite silly, and a lot of fun. (gasps) Very Mm. nice. Yes.
0: Um,
2: And of which, Senshi Muyo is still my favourite. It really loses its way as time goes on, but it's still quite a lot of fun. Uh,
4: the original two OVAs are brilliant. Yeah,
2: because it's like it starts off being he is a he's a he's a student who works and, and over the summer he works his grandfather's shrine. It's probably something that you know a lot of young men in, in you know in that country have sort of probably had to deal with. You know, sort of going off and working with your your elderly relatives in the summer, and you got that link to the, to, to Shinto beliefs and all that. This shrine on the mountain and all that. And there's a demon, Oh, there's a demon who lives in the mountain, Oh, you've got to be careful you don't go off, and, you know, that cautionary tale. So, of course, being a bit of a shit, potentially <laughs> goes down into the, into the shrine and picks up the, the magic sword that it was his ancestors, and breaks it. Because <laughs> he's like, well, oh, I was told so, this yeah. sword could cut through a rock. This is a rusty piece of shit, and hits a rock with it. And the sword breaks, mm-hmm. and so does the rock. And he unleashes the demon. Uh, One thing leads to another, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but basically she comes back to life and realizes she has the hots for him. Then there's an alien princess who also has the hots for him. Then there's also a multi-dimensional super galactic genius who is the mother of the demon who also has the hots for him. And then there's a space cop. Who also has the hots for him. Also, there's a a spaceship, which is actually a rabbit, which is actually a a, a, a science project, which also has the hots for him. Oh, I need to write this down. Also, his grandfather (laughs) is uh, an immortal samurai who lives in a tree. Um, And has the hots for him. No, no, (laughs) no.
4: And Sasami.
2: Sasami doesn't have the hots for him. She's just like, you sister
3: type.
4: Yeah, um, should I go find that family
3: tree? No, <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, I want to bring up magical girl. It would be like
2: a family tree. <laughs> is it more like a, a family circle? <laughs> it's, it's
3: pretty
0: it's, much. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. It's, yeah it's a genre we
3: shouldn't overlook because it's been very important to uh, Western fandom of anime is the magical girl. <laughs> oh yes, the Sailor Moons. Yeah, and yeah, a show I've been. Really hankering to watch recently. I haven't got around to it yet, but because of my love of Steven Universe, really makes me want to watch Magical Girl Lutena. Oh, you've, okay. you've never seen Revolutionary Girl Lutena? Revolutionary Girl Lutena, that's it. Yeah. No, I haven't. Um, but there's a lot of references in Steven Universe, mm. uh, including sort of uh, shot for shot homages to specific scenes. And Zoe has been sharing some of the origin with me. And I think it sounds like a show I could get into. That's, a, that's something is. I want to see. It's very, very pretty. It is pretty.
4: amazing.
3: It's very pretty, but it's very hard to follow what's
2: going on a lot of the time. And in, in some places, it's like weird sci-fi uh, dueling multidimensional dark story. And in other times, it's like um, Cruel Intentions, the anime. Mm. It's, like, it just jumps I'm okay them. with that yeah it just jumps between them quite readily and also there, there was a scene where like, Utena is, is climbing up this, this spiral staircase into nothingness it's like suspended on nothing and it's all very dreamlike and there's roses going after she's going off to duel the, the head of the dueling society with her with her uh, ripier sword and all these roses are falling everywhere and there's this chant, this really dramatic chant and I go, what are they chanting and I turn on the subtitles and they're just, the, 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 this dramatic chant is just listing off time periods. Yep. So they're just going,
0: Mesozoic, Cretaceous, Jurassic, Miocene. And I'm like, the fuck? What? <laughs> yeah, like,
4: Triassic. like Irish.
0: I don't get it.
4: Come here, little mouse. Squeak, squeak.
2: No. Yes uh, <laughs> dialogue in it and also it's very weird in Japanese. We'll say no more. <laughs>
4: um. But also in Magical Girl, you've got stuff like Princess Tutu, which sounds like oh that's just gonna be for little girls, it's gonna just be crap. It's actually It's all spiritual- of those things and more.
5: <laughs>
4: it's actually a spiritual <laughs> spiritual uh successor to Utana with the fact of it's got a lot of philosophy in, it's got a lot of things about, um, just because this story is written in this one way, because it's a lot about fairy tales, does it mean that we have to follow that, or can we just do what we want to do and not follow the archetypes and that sort of thing? And it's very interesting. Um, I would actually recommend it because it's a lot darker and a lot, it's not something I would show to Evie until she's at least 10, because it is still aimed at young girls, but it's got a lot of deep thought and
1: not want- a lot of scenes. Simon? Isn't it, isn't it like the anime
2: version of Black Swan?
4: Yes, but okay. still aimed at girls.
2: <laughs> Simon, do you, want me to, do you want to be completely overwhelmed by a magical girl show?
3: Not necessarily. I think, I think- you do go on. Okay, <laughs> Madoka. Yes! I think you'd really like Madoka. Tell me why. Well, basically,
2: it's 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 a magical girl show. In the same way that Ava is a giant robot show. In the same way that Tim Peaks right. is a cop show. Um, gotcha. <laughs> it's a magical girl show that deals with the themes of uh, loss, regret, and. uh really, what Why are we? I was going to say, and the astrophysical <laughs> concept of
3: the heat, inevitable heat death of the universe. Yes. That sounds interesting. Yeah. I might start with Utan.: Yes, start with Return. <laughs> <laughs> Mad like what six episodes long? Uh,
0: yes. 12. And, Twelve. and a movie. But don't bother with the movie.
2: Three movies. But don't bother with any of them. Just go. Just watch the series. It's it's good. Um, but my god, it'll it'll leave you empty. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Right, the late, the latest movie fixes all the problems. But no, no, there are no problems. The only <laughs> problem is if you can't take it.
3: <laughs> I can't take it. Um, and something I want to talk about in terms of anime before we uh, break until next week yeah. um, is music. We've talked about it a little bit oh before, my God, but I, I couldn't forgive myself if we did a sort of generic let's talk about anime show and didn't mention Yoko Kano.: Who's that oh. then? Yoko Kano would be the composer behind, well, quite a few of the shows I've enjoyed actually Cowboy Bebop for example Space Dandy for example and perhaps most notably for me the Ghost in the Shell music which is just
2: incre- I mean um, Stands- I've got the Stands Alone Complex uh, Best Of album uh, picked it up at, like, at a convention about 10 years ago and oh
3: god it's good I have the OSTs for uh, Standalone Complex and Second Gig, both movies, and the album of original compositions of music for Tachikomas. Oh, with uh, Go Dada on it. Yeah, oh. uh, Be Human. It's a really good album. Yeah, uh, Some of which appears in the shows and some of which doesn't. Some of which has just been written to be on an album by self-aware tanks. Yeah, and
2: it literally just sounds like an army of... The best way to describe Goo Dada, it basically, imagine a ghostly army of kazoo playing bug robots mar- <laughs> yep. marching to a funeral. Their own funeral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that,
3: that is exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, I'll play it for you out in between episodes. Mm. I found one of the things that really lost me in Arise, the series of OVAs they did for Ghost in the Shell, it, it wasn't the redesign of the characters. I could get past that. It was the change in musical style. <laughs> Ghost in the Shell without Yoko Kano is not Ghost in the Shell. Wow. I mean, you like the original manga as well, which is obviously you know, silent. And... Yes, absolutely. But when it becomes alive on screen, because it's always been Yoko Kano for the movie, for standalone Complex.
2: Once um, it's gone,
3: you notice it. Yes, exactly. She became such a part of it. I, you can revoice the major, I'll get past it. Yep. You can redesign the major, I'll get past it. She's looked different and acted different in every incarnation of Ghost in the Shell, but once you've put Yoko Kano's music... And the weird thing is, her music is so diverse yeah. even within one show. She can be given a theme and
2: go, go with it. Like, we're making a show about bounty hunters in space, and she'd be like, yes! Yeah.
3: Um, but within one show, within Ghost in the Shell, she gets a kind of a jazzy thing going, she gets a metal thing going, classical, funk. traditional Japanese.
2: Uh, Get Nine with its sort of weird funk vibe to it. Yep. I love Get, it. Um, Get Nine's
3: brilliant. Um,
4: Lithian Flower.
3: Lith- oh, it's <laughs> one of my favourite songs attached yeah. to an anime of all Ka- time. Ka- that cool. and Rise. Oh. Um, I was going to say, with
4: bold. Yaku Kano, the interesting thing with her is... If you look at some of the other shows she's done, like Macross Plus, she's got very computery-sounding idol pop. Um, The Vision of Escaflowne, which is one of my favourites, is high fantasy, and that's got a huge mix of um, music in, like, the Georgian chants, that's in it, and um, Escaflowne, and then it's, like... um, Arabian sounding music, mm. and then you go to something like a uh, cowboy bebop, where you do, as you said, have the jazz um, standalone complex, where it's a big mixture. Wall Street, where it's a lot more softer and Wall Street's more got that kind epic. of
2: easy-listening French uh, smooth jazz thing. That mm. like, you remember, the, you remember the build music from the original Sims. That is what uh, the Wall Street soundtrack sounds like to me. You've got this kind of little guitar playing and this smooth clarinet behind it, and then just occasionally someone going. And that's, that's Wolf's uh, Samurai, That's was, pretty good for The Sims Music Man. She oh. didn't
4: do um, Samurai Champlain. So samurai Champlain
2: confused the shit out of me because it's like, okay, we want to describe how um, the 19th century samurai culture, as, a, as Japan was becoming open to the West, is similar to the underground hip hop culture of now. They fucking did it as well, but yeah. the, the music for it's very, very weird because it's this mixture of you've got shakuhachi flutes and, and all that sort of stuff. But also, you know, with, with um, modern hip-hop techniques mixed in with it as well. Very, very, very good series, and musically very, very weird.
4: Um, but um, one of her more recent shows, which was made in 2008 to 2011, Math Cross Frontiers, which is one of my favourite shows, and that's very, very idle pop of the day of when it was coming out, and the songs in that are absolutely amazing. And she recently did Kids and Slope, which is all jazz again, and Space Dandy. Ah, mm.
2: so there you go. I will also say, as well, when you talked about uh, the voice actress playing the, uh, the major in the dub, uh, mm-hmm. Simon, funny you should mention that the voice actress currently plays the major in the dub and has done since Standalone Complex.
3: Yep. Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, the singer for all the Silent Hill music. Yep. My favourite singer. <laughs> Who doesn't sing in Ghost in the Shell. Which is a shame, because she,
2: well, she, doesn't, she doesn't, and, she's doesn't sing in a lot of the things she voice acts in, because she's in Bleach, Naruto, she was in Persona 4, she was in... She did a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but she's an amazing, amazing vocalist.
4: Well, um, Yaku Kana uses Maya Sakamoto a lot, which... Which she found on Escaflone because she was playing the main character, Hitomi, and they work together a lot. And she also uses a couple of different artists a lot, like uh, Steve Colt, who she used a lot on, uh, Cowboy Bebop, and Watering, because he's got a very...
2: He's got a good, sort of rough, American folk singer voice. And, uh...
4: Oh, I can't remember how to say her first name. I think it's Gabrielle um, Robin, and she did. One. She's done the opening for um, Ghost and Shout. Uh, she's, I think,
2: she's Russian, so that's why. She oh, um, in Riga.
4: Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she also did the singing voice for Sheryl Norman, Matt Cross, and
2: Ilaria Graziano, think- as well is another good one that. Yeah. So you saw the Ghost in the Shell soundtrack. Uh, Simon, you remember the one that did um, Can't Be Cool? Oh, don't? Yes. Yeah, that's the one. Which is eight haunting, yeah. to be honest. And it sort of mixes in. A lot of the Ghost in the Shell soundtrack goes multilingual. Like you'll have English, you'll have a line in English, then a line in Japanese, and then a line in Italian, then one in Russian, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it kind of gives you this whole multinational futuristic feel to it, this whole melting pot of cultures. Very clever work there in the music. Mmm. There you go. Well, that's how i Do you know what I really like from a musical perspective? What? Neon Genesis Evangelion. To be continued.